0: Again, the URL is unchangedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the podcast that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin.
1: Element Group is a full-service advisory firm for the digital asset capital markets. Element delivers crypto economics financing and strategy advisory services for the industry's leading projects. To learn more about Element and receive exclusive research on digital assets, visit www.elementgroup.com unconfirmed. Token Agency is a proven full-service blockchain startup accelerator, helping launch only the best and brightest projects in crypto. With a project acceptance rate of less than 1%, let their team of experienced advisors and marketing specialists build gravity around your company. To learn about their top projects and
0: more, check out tokenagency.com. I'm still podcasting from the incredible Rockefeller Foundation's Bellagio Center on Lake Como, Italy, where I'm attending the new America Blockchain Trust Accelerator Blockchain Summit, which is all about how blockchain technology can be used for social impact. My guest today is Tamika Telemann, co-founder of the Blockchain Trust Accelerator. Welcome, Tamika.
2: Thanks so much. Pleasure to be with you.
0: What does the Blockchain Trust Accelerator do?
2: Well, the Blockchain Trust Accelerator grew out of a realization about two years ago that while there was a tremendous amount of blockchain activity at that point in the financial sector, there was far less happening in the realms of governance and social impact, despite the fact that some of the most compelling use cases for the technology are in those areas. So the accelerator emerged to fill three critical needs. The first is to develop pilot projects that solve governance and social impact Challenges. The second is to develop research that can help answer questions that are critical for decision makers uh, in determining how to best utilize blockchain technology. And then the third is to build a community of experts and leaders around the world who can harness this technology on behalf of humankind.
0: And what are the goals of the group? I mean, I know you just listed those, but I mean beyond like maybe in a more specific way.
2: Well, this group has come together here at Bellagio to develop a grand strategy for deploying blockchain solutions in governance challenges in particular and social impact challenges more broadly. And we've been fortunate to have uh, leaders uh, in Uh, The government sector, incredible folks from civil society, and some of the top folks from the blockchain community all converge for a really remarkable series of discussions uh, on how we can solve some of the planet's biggest challenges and society's biggest problems using blockchain technology in years to come.
0: And what are some examples of those big problems that you're thinking about tackling?
2: We've talked a lot about the importance of blockchain technology as a tool for promoting accountability. If you look at the issue of corruption worldwide, it is a $3.5 trillion industry. And even in countries like the United States that have pretty good controls, uh, the Treasury Department estimates that uh, in their last uh, assessment uh, last year, they wrote $144 billion worth of improper checks. That's that shouldn't have gone out the door and even by the standards of the US government 144 billion dollars is a lot of money These are problems that in many cases, although certainly not all cases, can be addressed through the use of blockchain technology. Uh, And we're eager to do what we can uh, to help on that front, but also in other areas related to the environment, for example, the use of blockchain and energy and carbon markets uh, to promote sustainable energy. Uh, This is a a new tool that has vast applications uh, to address some of the, the biggest issues that we're wrestling with and policymakers are wrestling with every day.
0: Who were some of your members?
2: At the uh, summit or uh, our partners at the Blockchain Trust Accelerator? accelerator. Uh, Well, we are very fortunate. We've had tremendous partners from the get go. uh, We had three uh, founding organizations that came together. Uh, My organization, New America, which is a civic incubator and think tank. Uh, We are based in Washington, D.C., but have offices in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, uh, and a few other cities around the country. The board is people like Eric Schmidt of Alphabet or David Brooks of the New York Times and we work at the intersection of policy, innovation, and technology. Uh, we then uh, had the Bitfury Group, one of the largest uh, blockchain firms, and I know that you've interviewed their CEO and vice chair and uh, some of your past podcasts. Uh, and then finally, the National Democratic Institute, which is chaired by Madeleine Albright and is one of the world's leading organizations dedicated to improving governance around the world. We've been fortunate uh, in more recent years to be joined by the Rockefeller Foundation uh, as a core partner, and we now work with a broad range of organizations, including the World Bank, the State Department, uh, and even private sector companies like Coca-Cola.
0: Wow, that's quite the list. Those aren't traditionally the names that you hear when people talk about blockchain. So, how are some of these groups thinking about incorporating blockchain into their activities?
2: That's been one of the great adventures in the work that we have done is every pilot project that we have deployed uh, is a first in the world project. Uh, so whether that's the land registry of the Republic of Georgia uh, that was deployed at the request of their prime minister uh, that now gives that country the world's first fully deployed, fully operational uh, blockchain land registry, a project that we pursued uh, in great technical partnership with the Bitfury Group, uh, or whether it's the recent project that we just announced with the state of West Virginia, uh, where we're using blockchain in voting. Uh, And just uh, as we have been here in Bellagio, uh, we completed the first use of blockchain in a federal election uh, in West Virginia's primary election and enabled overseas deployed military personnel and other international voters to cast their ballots securely and privately using blockchain technology which is something that they would not have been able to do previously.
0: Wow, so talk a, a little bit more about the problems that you think blockchain could solve there. Is it an issue of voter fraud or or you know, difficulty counting the ballots or what? What do you aim to solve?
2: In this specific case, uh, the challenge was that for a forward deployed soldier on a hillside in Afghanistan uh, or a sailor on a submarine in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, there was no mechanism to enable them to securely transmit a private ballot, a confidential ballot, uh, back to the county clerk uh, and have that ballot recorded. Uh, In many instances, even when they were able to get an absentee ballot back, it wouldn't arrive until the election was already over and decided. Uh, And blockchain technology enables, through the use of a mobile application, uh, a secure conduit that allows uh, the vote to be transmitted. We then have a paper backup uh, that uh, is uh, part of the process. So there are very high standards of accountability and rigor and auditability. uh, But it it gives people, in this instance, uh, access to a really foundational right that they would not have been able to exercise in the absence of the technology.
0: Oh, wow. So it's basically increasing accessibility, I guess, in a way of voting.
2: Absolutely. And we believe that blockchain has the potential to fill that same role through a variety of citizen services. One of the exciting ideas that we explored a little bit here uh, at the Bellagio Summit was the opportunity to harness blockchain as effectively a a backbone, a spine for a wide range of different government services. Uh, And what nations could look like if they were supported by that scaffolding of accountability, transparency, and efficiency uh, that blockchain technology uh, can provide when it's deployed correctly.
0: And do you have any results yet from that? I realize it might be very early.
2: Well, we came away from the summit with a couple of immensely important things. Uh, The first is an extremely ambitious work plan. Uh, We had, uh, again, some of the best blockchain companies represented here. Uh, We had amazing organizations like the United Nations uh, and the World Economic Forum represented at very high levels. Uh, And all of these organizations have agreed to take on big pieces of the the challenges and a relatively integrated work plan uh, that we decided related to a couple of big tasks. Uh, when it comes to governance and when it comes to the use of blockchain uh, to improve trust and, and efficiency. Uh, so that's that's piece number one is, is the work plan and, and the commitments and deliverables that emerge there. Piece number two is uh, we have, I think, a very clear vision of the type of research and information base that we need to develop in order to move this agenda forward uh, in years to come. And so we're going to be dedicating a, a lot of energy and a, a lot of brain power uh, in the months ahead to fill those gaps. Finally, we came away with an extraordinary community of individuals from very different organizations who wouldn't normally collaborate together, uh, who left with a common vision and a shared commitment to work together to address some of these challenges. Uh, so it was a highly productive uh, couple of days in one of the world's most beautiful settings.
0: Yeah, I really was struck by the level of the conversations. I thought it was very impressive. But actually, when I asked about results, I was wondering about the pilot, the voting pilot in West Virginia.
2: We we haven't announced the formal results and uh, won't until we have uh, the, the complete technical assessment. At this point, what I can say is that it came off extremely smoothly and without a hitch, and everyone who wanted to vote was able to vote, and the system functioned uh, exactly as we intended. So uh, uh, on that front, we feel very fortunate, and uh, our technical partner, uh, Votes, did a great job.
0: Oh, great. And do you know what blockchain they were using? Or or I, I guess maybe it was private?
2: Uh, we, it is a, a system that they have developed, and I'll refer you to them with the technical questions. Uh, okay. we, we know a lot about their system, but I'll, I'll leave it to them to speak to it.
0: Okay. All right. And do you know how many people used that system in this pilot?
2: That is uh, information that the West Virginia uh, authorities have. Uh, as we've been sitting here in meetings all day, I haven't had a chance to do a call with them, uh, but we, we look forward to catching up with them as soon as we get home.
0: Great. Well, we'll learn more about the work that you're doing in a moment after a word from our fabulous sponsors.
1: Token Agency is a proven full-service blockchain startup accelerator, helping launch only the best and brightest projects in crypto. With a project acceptance rate of less than 1%, let their team of experienced advisors and marketing specialists build gravity around your company. Today's highlighted project is the Tech Coast Angels and Wharton Alumni Angels-backed View, spelled V-U for Virtual Universe. Vue is an epic, story-driven, open-world adventure powered by virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and blockchain. Founded by proven gaming developers with multiple exits, the Vue token empowers players to participate and build value inside the virtual universe in fun and creative ways. To schedule a demo with the founders inside the virtual universe alpha resembling Westworld, go to ViewToken.io. that's V-U-Token.io, and check out TokenAgency.com to learn more. Element Group is a full-service advisory firm for the digital asset capital markets. Element delivers crypto economics, financing, and strategy advisory services for the industry's leading projects. Element's goal is to focus on clients in an integrative manner by offering all services a crypto-enabled company requires throughout its lifecycle, such as corporate finance, asset management, OTC trading, treasury solutions, and technology services. To learn more about Element and receive exclusive research on digital assets, visit www.elementgroup.com
0: slash unconfirmed. So let's go back to the summit. I want to talk a little bit more about it. Why did you decide to organize it?
2: Well, we were very fortunate in the course of our partnership with the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, both we and they have come to the realization that we are at the dawn of a very important opportunity. And here I'm going to zoom way back for a moment, uh, just to provide a, a little bit of context. One of my favorite historians is a guy named Yuval Hariri. And uh, he asks a simple but profound question, which is, why do human beings run the world? Uh, why isn't it uh, dolphins? Why isn't it uh, jellyfish or orangutans? It could be any number of creatures. Uh, and yet we're the ones in charge. And the answer he comes up with is uh, also pretty straightforward. We're the only species that combines two attributes. We can cooperate flexibly and we can cooperate at scale. And while there are other types of creatures that can do one of those things, nobody else can do both. Uh, So this begs the question, why can we cooperate flexibly at scale? And the answer is we come to a common understanding, a common agreement uh, based on a set of facts. And then on the basis of those facts, once we have established that base layer of reality, we are able to go out and build extraordinary civilizations and cities and put on wonderful blockchain conferences and do all sorts of remarkable things simply by virtue of that common understanding, the fact that we have reached consensus around a a set of foundational facts that will enable us to build and do other things together, collaborate and exchange. What we've recognized is that historically, the way that we have maintained those facts is by relying on institutions, either governments or financial institutions, uh, to curate the information that makes up that base layer of reality. The challenge we are looking at right now is that those institutions are in crisis, and all of the data, whether it's from the Edelman Trust Barometer or the Gallup numbers, which go back to 1973, indicate that we are looking at historic lows uh, of confidence in, in the institutions that have filled this essential role within society for a very long time. What that means is that we need to identify new mechanisms for codifying trust and whether it's done in the context of these institutions or independent of these institutions, we need to find a different, more powerful mechanism to help citizens and individuals come to agreement on key facts so that we can go out and do great things as a species so that we can collaborate. Blockchain has the potential to be that mechanism, but the process of adopting the technology and realizing the potential of blockchain uh, is not a foregone conclusion we don't know how this movie ends and so it's critical to bring together individuals and organizations that care about getting this right and put in place a foundational framework of decisions and of projects and of research that can help us arrive at a good destination. And if we do that, we will be successful in writing an extraordinary new story or extraordinary new chapter in the story of human progress. And that's what we're hoping to accomplish.
0: One of the things that we discussed over the last few days is about how at the beginning of the internet, people were quite optimistic about the potential for this technology to improve the world. And here we are 20 some years later talking about all these data breaches or about our privacy not being kept private. And so I wonder, you know, when you look at kind of the potential pitfalls or um, potential dystopic outcomes that could happen, what do you see and what do you think we need to be careful of?
2: Well, as part of this process that is going to unfold, we are going to see a merger of computer code and legal code in a way that we've never had uh, a merger of computer code and legal code before. Uh, The problem with our current systems is that we've got a lot of humans in the loop. But the best part about our current systems is that we've got a lot of humans in the loop. Similarly, the problem with our future systems uh, is that we will have increasingly only code and, and blockchains in the loop. Similarly, the best part of our future systems is that we will only have blockchains in the loop. And so we need mechanisms for dispute resolution uh, to solve problems when things go wrong because things will go wrong. Uh, we need to develop systems that will take human nature into account uh, in the way that pure code may not. Uh, And so part of the the challenge and the opportunity is at the basic level, at the foundational design level, uh, ensuring that we think through best-case scenarios and worst-case scenarios and and what might go wrong uh, if we are not mindful of the frailties of human nature uh, and the disparities that exist within society right now uh, as we begin the process of deploying these new tools.
0: So speaking of disparities and also of humans and the law... I know you're working on this pilot with Coca-Cola and the State Department around labor rights. Can you describe what you're doing there?
2: Absolutely. I'll I'll say just a few words on this. Uh, And there was a a great deal of interest around the time of the announcement and would encourage your listeners to to look at the coverage at that time uh, for additional details. Uh, But the project is designed to address a challenge called contract switching. Uh, the issue is that uh, in some instances, uh, if a company is recruiting workers from another country, they'll have independent agents who engage in that recruitment, and they may offer workers a very rosy set of terms, uh, and then when they arrive in a, a nation to do the work, uh, the employer on the ground will, uh, some in some instances, give them a very different set of terms. Uh, and the beauty of blockchain technology is it provides a level of accountability that enables uh, a company that cares about workers rights like Coca-Cola to register a contract at the time of origination and guarantee that when a worker lands in a country uh, and uh, goes to a factory uh, that they're getting the treatment that they were promised uh, at the time they signed up for a deal uh, and blockchain in this case functions as uh, almost a digital notary uh, to authenticate the the contract uh, and ensure that uh, The provisions are being honored. Uh, So this is one small example of how blockchain has the potential to bring a new layer of transparency uh, to the work that goes on around us every day. And in doing so can make a lot of lives a lot better.
0: And how do you get a big corporation like that involved along with the State Department, especially for a technology that many look at with suspicion for reasons that tend to be unfounded, but still, you know, that's a reality.
2: We are fortunate uh, at the Blockchain Trust Accelerator in New America to have uh, some, some of the best partners in the world. And uh, you know, over the course of many years, we've built up good relationships with a range of actors in the private sector and the public sector. And uh, when we go uh, to these partners and, and talk through a technology, uh, we begin from a place of trust. We begin, I think, from a position of mutual confidence. And that's certainly helpful in a lot of the work that we engage in.
0: And is that a difficult case to make or a difficult sell?
2: What we see is that a lot of organizations around the world are interested in learning more about this technology, and oftentimes the best way for them to learn more about the technology is to build something. And if we can present them with a compelling proposition to solve a problem for society uh, while learning about how this new tool can be applied in the context of their business, uh, then that's something that they are eager to pursue, Uh, and it's an easy way for them to not only get some R&D, research and development, uh, but also some CS are some corporate social responsibility at the same time? Uh, so these are, are projects that tend to scratch both itches, and we think that's fantastic.
0: That's great. And just one last question How do you take something like that when you've got the pilot and you know it functions, how do you bring that to scale? Or is that something that you don't do? I don't. I don't know when the word accelerator is used. What you know? What that means?
2: That is a critical question, of course. And we are a very non-traditional accelerator, uh, but we've been fortunate to work with governments and other partners uh, that have been, in some instances, very successful in taking our projects to scale. Uh, and I think the the key is. Uh, We try to bring partners to the table at the outset that have the capability to scale. Uh, We work with organizations that in many instances uh, are are pretty comfortable and pretty accustomed uh, to operating with uh, millions or hundreds of thousands of uh, users. Uh, And by virtue of that, when the time comes and we have proved out a project to everyone's satisfaction and there's an an agreement uh, among all parties that we have something that's going to work, we have the capabilities between the partners at the table uh, to, to grow the project and ensure that it realizes that potential.
0: Great. Well, I'm very curious to find out how all this turns out. It sounds like you're doing some really interesting work.
2: We'll look forward to continuing the conversation.
0: Yes. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you for being here, Laura.
0: Thanks so much for joining us today. To learn more about the topics we discussed, be sure to check out the links in the show notes of your podcast episode. New episodes of Unconfirmed come out every Friday. If you haven't already, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Elaine Zelby, Fractal Recording, Jenny Josephson, and Daniel Ness. Thanks for listening.